Thanks for tuning in to the Ecclesia podcast. We are a group of people committed to proclaiming the words and doing the works of Jesus and his kingdom. And these podcast episodes are conversations we're having in our community. You can join the conversation by engaging on all the typical social medias and by joining us Sunday mornings at 11. Thanks for listening. Man, good morning. So we're here. We are on the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is the season where we prepare for the arrival of the baby Jesus. Um, yeah, you're so cute. I can't take it. So this morning we are going to be reading from the first chapter of Luke. I'm going to focus on the text of what, what we call Mary's Magnificat, Mary's, um, yes to the angel of the Lord, but I'm actually going to start reading back at verse 26 and I'm going to read a big old chunk of scripture, um, all the way through verse like 56 because I want us to have some context and then I'm gonna blather on for a little bit. So um, if you'll pray with me for just a minute, Lord, be present with us this morning as we uh, anxiously and eagerly and desperately wait for your arrival. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and pleasing unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, Again, this is the the first chapter of Luke, starting at the 26th verse. And I'm reading from the Kingdom New Testament. You're welcome to read along. Um, I like both the language here, and um, I like to sometimes just use, like, a different translation than we're used to so that maybe we hear it with fresh ears. Uh, So, in the sixth month, Gabriel the angel was sent from God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man called Joseph, from the family of David. The virgin was called Mary. Greetings, favored one, said the angel when he arrived. May the Lord be with you. She was disturbed at this and wondered what such a greeting might mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, said the angel to her. You are in favor with God. Listen, you will conceive in your womb and will have a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be a great man, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never come to an end. How will this happen? said Mary to the angel. I'm still a virgin. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, replied the angel, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy One who is born of from you will be called God's Son. Let me tell you this too. Your cousin Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. This is the sixth month for her, a woman who people used to say was barren. With God, you see, nothing is impossible. Here I am, said Mary. I am the Lord's servant girl. Let it happen to me as you've said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up then and there and went in excitement to the, country, to the hill country of Judea. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby gave a leap in her womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and shouted at the top of her voice, Of all women, you are the blessed one and the fruit of your womb. He's blessed too. Why should this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? 
Look, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the child in my womb gave a great leap for joy. A blessing on you for believing that what the Lord said to you would come true. Mary said, my soul declares that the Lord is great. My spirit exults in my Savior, my God. He saw his servant girl and her humility. From now on, I'll be blessed by all peoples to come. The powerful one whose name is holy has done great things for me. His mercy extends from father to son, from mother to daughter for those who fear him. Powerful things he has done with his arm. He routed the arrogant through their own cunning. Down from their thrones he hurled the rulers. Up from the earth he raised the humble. The hungry he filled with the fat of the land, but the rich he sent off with nothing to eat. He has rescued his servant, Israel his child, because he remembered his mercy of old. Just as he said to our long-ago ancestors, Abraham and his descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home. So, just a note about me. I spent uh, all of primary school in Catholic school. So I have a deep and abiding love for Mary. I'm not Catholic. My family wasn't Catholic um, for lots of reasons. Don't, don't have to go into that. But um, what that ingrained in me was this deep respect for this young, very young woman who Gabriel appeared to and offered, made this offer. And she said, yes. She said, yes, I let it be unto me as you have said. I am the Lord's servant and I am at, at his mercy. Um, so a, a very big part of my faith has been to watch Mary through Jesus's life. So she's here in the beginning of Luke saying yes to Gabriel, saying yes to God. She's uh, present at Jesus's first miracle. She kind of instigates the whole thing. Um, and she's, she's there in the background all the way to when Jesus is killed and Jesus gives Mary and John to each other to make sure that his beloved mother and his beloved friend will be cared for. So I've got this like deep, deep love for Mary and uh, a big fascination with, with her, her Magnificat, her song. So I want to highlight a couple of things. So, so she, she opens with, um, you know, my soul declares that the Lord is great. My spirit exalts in my savior, my God, his mercy extends from parent to child for those who fear him. And then she starts to talk, uh, bigger than these interpersonal relationships. I think we here in the, in Western Christianity have a habit of reducing our faith to a personal relationship with God and with Jesus. And I think we see Mary here making these, like she hears that the Messiah is coming, it literally in her womb, and she goes big. This is it, man. Like she's like, this is it. This is where the playing field gets leveled. This is where God's promise to Abraham is going to be fulfilled. And so she says some things. She says, he route, he, this has it in the past tense. Some other translations use it in the future or the present tense. He, he will cast the mighty down from their thrones. 
He will send the rich away hungry, but he will fill the humble, he will raise the humble up and fill the hungry with the fat of the land. This seems a little weird, right? Like if we look at it, because some of that seems like good news and then some of that seems like bad news. I'm just being, like, I'm just being honest. If we, when we read it, it through, some of that seems like bad news. Now, I think for the lowly and the hungry and the humble, it sounds like good news. The hungry will be fed and the humble will be raised up. But you guys, I'm not hungry or humble. I, Amanda, am neither hungry nor humble. Literally, I'm a little bit prideful. I'm not hungry. I have enough food in my home to feed my family and lots of other people. So I'm the rich. I'm the, the arrogant. I'm in a position of power. Hmm. What does that mean? kind of want to do an interactive sermon today. Can we do that? Will you guys talk back at me? Will we do that? I'm really sorry. You guys at home, I'll repeat answers back. This just feels like as I was preparing this week, I was like, no, I think I want to talk about this because we're, our community is in a place where God is issuing us an invitation, right? Out of a building, out of a way of being that we've been for 20 years, right? Like, and we're saying yes. And we, as a, as like, we are in a way, in a much smaller micro way, are in Mary's shoes, right? We get to say yes or we get to say no. Because side note, I do think Mary could have said no. I think that's really important. I don't think we serve a God who takes away our agency. So like what, like for the most part, our community has been historically made up of the rich, the rulers, people who have political and economic power. So what does Mary's song mean for us, you guys? Somebody talk back at me. And it's not not exclusively true. Like, we all, I'm a woman, so like, have been disadvantaged. And so like, everybody's got, everybody's, we're all being oppressed and oppressing each other at the same time. But like, I would say that our congregation is made up of mostly the rulers and the, the privileged. So what is Mary, what does that mean for us? I don't, I don't know necessarily, but I think that it's definitely a call to, to realize that these issues of class and dominance and power are part of the spiritual journey. Yeah. And so... Not that I have all the answers or I know what to do, but that I have to be, I have to be struggling with it on some level. And then on the other thing, I, I think about the that thirst in all of us for more power or more money at whatever level to like to to speak back against that to say like what what is hollow ah. about that in terms of like a, a the bigger reason that we're here yeah so we're pretty sure when we listen to the levels in like on the live stream we think that you can hear what other folks are saying at home but Lori if you're watching and that's not true text me <laughs> uh, and we'll and I'll keep repeating back what folks say because I want I don't want anybody to feel more left out than necessary by the the virtual distance. I think 
I think it is still good news. It's good news for everyone. It's like step, it's like, I'm gonna use a classroom because I'm a teacher. It's like, if there's a couple stinky kids that are ruining the class for everyone, you need to step in and address that. And it's good news for the kids because now they're welcomed into greater community with their peers. Yeah. And you're cutting out the negative, habitual slaying actions. Yeah. So, it's not, I mean, it's not good news. It's like, oh, sorry, Billy, you can't have dessert tonight. <laughs> but is that really in Billy's greatest interest? Right. Right. It's kind of like a loop of, okay, like, if, if they're saying, like, like, blessed are the humble, blessed are the meek, blessed are the hungry, then to be sent away hungry is that invitation into something better. Some way. Yeah. Well, I think I like the word hollow that you use, like hollow. Yeah, like what is kind of and even just like thinking of people as like shells of people, like mm. like all of these privileges and and labels and stuff are shells of who people really are and like affect people in like big ways. Um, but like when those shells are kind of blown away because they're hollow and light and not necessary, like, I don't know, not necessary is not the right way to say it, but um, it kind of like brings forward like a truer version. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <coughs> I think I got what you're saying though, Haley. Like, what's yeah, they kind of, what you're saying is that it's good news for everyone, that like the rich are brought forward in like authenticity as opposed yeah, to like, like the fakeness of the richness or like the fakeness of the privilege. Because like, I do think it's good news. I yeah. think it's important to be like clear about what I'm saying. I'm saying that on a surface reading, that doesn't sound like good news to be brought down. Yeah. Like I'm on a I'm on a hilltop, and to like be brought low yeah. sounds like bad news. But that can't be true because this is the gospel, Evangelion, the good news. So that means the problem is with how I'm reading it, how I'm understanding my position, not with what's going on. So yeah, like I'm not saying it's not actually bad news. I'm just saying like it seems like it might be bad news. So let's interrogate that. Did anybody else? Because I want to latch on to something that Andrew said, but I don't want to cut off any, anything anybody else had to say. Andrew specifically mentioned, and I didn't plant this, it almost seems like I did, <laughs> the right relationship. But people who are oppressing their brothers and sisters, that, that brings with it privilege. Absolutely. And it hurts other people. Absolutely. And it hurts the person doing the oppressing in a way, too. They're not, I don't want to make a false equivalency um, here. Like... People being harmed by systems are being harmed by systems, and the people who prop up those systems are doing the harm to those people 
but those people doing the harm are also doing harm to themselves because they don't get to live in real, right, authentic relationship with their co-image bearers. So, so when someone is unfairly imprisoned, the jailers are hurting the imprisoned and they're hurting themselves. And again, like I'm not making a false equivalency here. There's certainly like a power dynamic at play, but no one is not harmed by that system. And it is the grace of God to be tumbled from that position. It is God's grace for me to be brought out of my position of pride and out of my position of privilege. Most especially when that position of privilege comes at the expense of my fellow human beings. Because I think that Western Christianity has this idea, and I don't want to pick on a person because that would like completely be not the point of the of what I want to say. So like let's just call a person um I don't even I can't even come up with a name. Andrew. Luke because I'm Andrew. We'll call a person Andrew and let's think of like Andrew as the epitome of like what we think life should be. They're wealthy, they're godly, they very, very good. Going well, going well. Going well. I'm not joking about I mean, no, it's going to be, it's going to turn bad problem. It's going to turn bad. It's going to just, it's not going to, it's not going to stay great. But we think of this like, we have, and I think we all have it. I have it. I have like a, like a, a straw man in mind of like, oh, if I looked like this, this is like how I should look. And then I would have made it. So, like, we think that God's grace is for everyone to be brought up onto a mountaintop. But that's not what scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that God's grace is for the valleys to be brought high, but also for the mountains to be brought low. Mary's not the only one who says this, right? Like, we see this countless, I'm sure you could count, I don't want to say countless, that's not accurate. But we see this loads of other times in scripture, right? Like, the imagery of, of valleys being brought high and mountains being brought low because the mountaintop isn't good for the person on the mountaintop or for the person who you stepped on to get up there. It's, that, it's not good for anyone. So if we believe that Mary's yes and Mary's forevision of what the coming kingdom of God, I like Fran Pratt's um, The Commonwealth of Heaven, um, what that looks like, then where are we, where am I like digging my claws to stay on a hilltop, right? Like where am I saying like, no, I, I'm not going down. I'm not going to go down for this. Like I'm not going to go down from here. And, and by way of saying that, where am I saying to my brothers and sisters, and if you won't step on other people to get up here with me, because make no mistake, I stepped on someone intentionally or otherwise to get here. I'm saying that if you're not willing to do that, then you, you're, you don't deserve to be up here with me. And so I think we focus a lot on, I mean, you hear it in every Christmas carol we sing, right? Like, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Like, let earth receive her king. And all of that's so true. Like, 
Yes, it is so joyful and beautiful that Jesus has come and is coming and will come again. And also, man, this is not a joyful sermon. Sorry, you guys. But and also, where, where do we need to be brought low? Where do we need to come down off of a throne? Where have we gorged ourselves on what we understand to be good and right so that even if God were going to feed us with the hungry, we'd have no room? And so I think it is in this baby, in this little, what's the joke, eight pounds of an ounce baby Jesus? Uh, in this baby that we see, I shouldn't have done it. Now I'm distracted. Uh, we see, because that's the ultimate, everyone's born the same way, right? Like, naked and screaming. And that's, it, to me, a vision of the ultimate being brought low or being brought high. Um, I don't have a, a pretty bow to put on things. It just felt like, as we are, I think we're saying yes to God's invitation in this season. We've, we've sold our building. We are um, waiting patiently, sort of patiently. <laughs> but expectantly and believing we're like Mary we're believing that what the Lord has said to us will come true um, in this time and that the, the that God will make right the wrongs that have been done to us both as individuals and as a community and I just don't want us to lose sight of the fact that like we are also the rulers and the rich who have to be brought low and that that's, you guys, I really believe that's good news for us. I really, really, really do. And so as we prepare to take communion together, may we remember that God's grace is present even and maybe most especially when we are toppled off of our thrones. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Ecclesia podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Join the conversation by engaging on all the typical social medias and by joining us Sunday mornings at 11. Peace and love to you all.